Folks, remember, for all your tree service, well, you want to call Yankee Tree. Call them today, 401-439-6028. Yankee Tree Service, yankeetreeservice.com. What can they do? They do it all. Tree trimming. Experts based right in Lincoln. Tree removal since 2006 and also 24-7 emergency service available. Call Yankee Tree Service today, 439-6028. 439-6028. Whether it's tree removal, stump grinding, tree pruning, emergency service, bucket truck at service, and bobcat service. Since 2006, they've been performing tree removal service on top of that. Nothing stumps. Yankee Tree Service, they provide stump grinding. Enjoy your landscape without the eyesore. As far as pruning, well, let them get up there. Oftentimes a tree can be pruned instead of cutting it down. At Yankee Tree Service, their licensed arbiters help you decide what's best, the treatment plan for your tree. And maybe it's an emergency service. Did something come down? Call them today, 439 6028 439 6028 if they have to they get right up there in the bucket yankee tree service since 2006 tree trimming experts give them a call 439 6028 or online at yankeetreeservice.com you're listening to the john DePetro show it's am 1380 99.9 fm you can always listen online at the website dipetro.com it's wednesday it's august 17th and folks, I want to address, you can check it out on the website or on the Facebook page, but uh, last night we were continuing our coverage, the missing person case out of Warwick, Charlotte Lester. She was last seen Monday night, May 16th, heading up to the home, 29 Staples Avenue, home of Mark Perkins. So last night, since it is, it was the three-month mark, right? So you go June july august three months since she had last been seen this missing person case that we've covered and i was doing a live stream and while doing the live stream i went up and i noticed first time that i've been there the truck of the owner was in the driveway and i could see him inside the house so i went up and knocked on the door and rang the bell all during the live stream you can see it all on the website uh dipetro.com and as a result of that, he contacted the authorities, and I was actually uh, arrested by Warwick police. You know, it's true, and taken into custody. We had to stop the live stream. Uh, I, I, I was, I was stunned. I was surprised. I thought it'd be like, hey, you know, um, you're gonna be, you know, careful. He doesn't want you there. Whatever it may be. I actually even thought they'd say you're gonna follow us. But uh, Warwick Police, they, you know, did everything by the book, which is fine, which is to be expected and be commended. But uh, handcuffs, back of the squad car, the whole thing. It is bizarre to me that the neighbors that were came out and they were almost like celebrating. It is uh, remarkable that this woman who, who was known to go to that house, um, who's been missing. By the way, this is the house that was set up for a full month. Crime scene tape around it uh for over a month we've talked about it there have been three different searches and he has not given any statements uh to the media he has not given any statements communicated with the family won't talk about it family claims he was taking down uh posters of her and um and yet there it was um and he's inside the house and many of you that have followed the story there's a lot of questions her her blood was found in the house they drained the septic septic system uh they were looking for a mattress of his that was in the house that they've been able to locate and totally i i, I don't know about how i would describe his interaction with police but he certainly has never issued a statement never participated as i said in any searches or i believe communicated with the family in any way um, so it did happen. It was all under the guise of we've been continuing the coverage on uh, with Charlotte Lester, who is still, you know, last night, if anything, uh, as a result of my interaction with law enforcement, um, at least it was made the news, drew more attention once again to the case on the three month mark. We will continue the search for Charlotte Lester. We're going to continue to try to find answers. People don't just disappear. 
She has a family. She has friends. She was last seen Monday night, May 16th, in the Appenog section of Warwick. She was going up to that house that she was known to frequent. She had, uh, it's my understanding, she had purchased some alcohol that she was going to bring to the owner of the home. She had gone to the home before, and then that was the last time anyone has seen her. And then if you may remember, her truck was found at Kent Hospital, and then the dog was found, and it's been this ongoing missing persons case. So I also want to stress that, you know, the, the neighbors and, and the uh, fam, the in, owner of the home, and they, they, they want anything to be a distraction, and they want to make me the distraction, and they want to put the focus on me, and, uh, and it's, it's ridiculous. The main focus, the focus has always been on this missing person, a 42-year-old woman, Charlotte Lester. There is a $20,000 reward who was last seen heading up to that destination. So uh, it's a little bizarre that the neighbors seem to be rallying around the individual whose home was a crime scene for some reason. I find that strange. Uh, folks, there's a lot of strange things going on. They're raiding Mar-a-Lago, and, uh, and I am being taken into custody. But, um, by the way, it is apparently, it's a misdemeanor. We immediately got into contact with our legal expert, Attorney Tim Dodd, and uh, he will handle it, and we will have to go to court sometime in September and deal with it. Uh, we will um, we will mount a vigorous defense. Uh, I feel fully confident. It, it's another example. To, there, there's several examples. Attack on the press. Um, I don't want to fault war police. They're put in a tough position, and it, it seemed to be the neighbors were coming out. We don't want any focus here. Get him out of here. We're... You know, they keep saying we're a nice, quiet neighborhood. Uh, you know, that the woman disappeared. Her blood was found in the home. That guy's house was a crime scene for over a month. And yet somehow, somehow I'm the problem. I mean, it's just, it's it's pretty ridiculous. But um, it's unusual times that, that we are living through. Now, there's big news with this poll. Channel 12 has a new poll out. And I think this is really going to finally shake up the race because... Early voting starts next Wednesday, folks. And as I've been telling you, um, the, the, this is ridiculous, the direction that they have taken our elections. It's no longer real elections. Everything now, as I've said, it's almost like a scavenger hunt. The fact that Rhode Island Governor Dan McKee is, is leading right now and has a chance to close this out and actually win the primary is frightening. But Nellie Gorbea, Helena folks, um, haven't exactly been running uh, award-winning campaigns and it is now coming down to the wire but this would be really amazing if somehow dan mckee can pull this out i want to hear this is the channel 12 story on their uh, poll essentially tied, but our post pollster Joe Fleming says Helena Folks has gained ground and with such a high number of undecided voters this race is still up for grabs Right now, the race looks very tight. With just a three-point margin separating the frontrunners in the Democratic primary for governor, 12 News political analyst and pollster Joe Fleming says voters should expect to see a lot more of the candidates on TV in the weeks leading up to September 13th. I would assume the candidates are going to really uh, load their campaign advertising from September 1st all the way to September 12th. Comparing the latest results to our poll in May, McKee has gone up just three percentage points, Gorbea 2%, Folks 8%. The number of undecided voters dropped 16%. Dan McKee is very well, well among males. He's getting 34% of the vote there. Nellie Gorbea does better among females, but the thing to keep in mind, Helena Folks is fairly close among the female voters. So you have to assume she may be cutting into Nellie a little bit with those female voters. But the poll finds many voters currently backing one of the candidates say they're they're not fully committed and could be motivated to switch. 36% of Democratic primary voters say they won't change their mind before Election Day, but 42% say there is a good chance they could change their mind by September 13th. So four out of ten voters could change their mind, and that's why these next four weeks are going to be critical for these candidates. Now, the winner of the Democratic primary for governor will go on to face the winner of the Republican primary between Ashley Kalis and Jonathan Riccitelli. Tim White, 12 News. Okay, so good poll. Also in that poll, 60% of people polled just in the Democrat primary do not want that soccer stadium in Pawtucket. Folks, it's Wednesday. We're going to talk to Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe. Leave it right here on the John DePietro Show.
The next time you have an emergency, head straight to AtMed Urgent Care. Two locations, 1524 Atwood Avenue, Suite 122 in Johnston, or East Greenwich 5750 Post Road. AtMed Urgent Care. Urgent health care facility providing comprehensive outpatient health care to individuals, families, specializing in ambulatory medicine. Diagnostic treatment service, AtMed Urgent Care. They provide immunization, school, sports physicals. They're a cost-efficient health care alternative to hospital-based emergencies. They're open seven days a week, walk-in routine urgent care, minor surgical, orthopedic and trauma, work-related injuries, physical exams, drug testing, full laboratory services, and with AtMed Urgent Care, they offer mononuclear antibody infusions. You, someone in your family suffering from covid you want to go straight to AtMed Urgent Care. Two locations, Johnston, 1524 Atwood Avenue, Suite 122, or East Greenwich, 5750 Post Road, online at atmedurgentcare.net. Folks, you are listening to the John DePietro Show weekdays. We start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at our website, dipietro.com. Joining us right now, he is a columnist for the Boston Globe. It is Dan McGowan. And Dan McGowan, let's start off. Uh, Roadmap has a full breakdown of the race, the uh, WPRI Channel 12 poll. Let's start off, um, if you don't mind, just it is astounding that Governor McKee, he has been able to navigate the waters. He has, according to this poll, taken the lead. He is seemingly settled into a rhythm, uh, facing a lot of headwinds, but it, it is he is not to be counted out the way he has handled this race. Yeah, I mean, it's it's starting to look like uh, it's kind of his race to lose. Now, yeah. I wouldn't say, uh, you know, I think there's still a lot that can happen, but you know, I'd rather be in the lead than not, obviously. And, and that's where Dan McKee is right now. And I think, you know, he's starting to feel kind of a, a little bit of a wave of momentum. You've got some, you know, you've got all the union endorsements. I mean, all of the union endorsements, with the exception of, you know, uh, the, the AFT went with Nelly Gorbea, but virtually everybody else has kind of settled on Dan McKee. Um, you know, had the good commercial that I think probably did boost his favorability in that poll um, a, a little bit. Uh, and you even see, you know, you saw this in the radio debate they had the other day. I know they'll have a couple more high-profile ones coming up. But Dan McKee, you know, kept his cool when he was being kind of attacked by everybody. And, and that was, you know, one of my big questions about Governor McKee, yep. you know, having, having covered him for a while now, has been, look, he's, he can be very sensitive. Uh, you and I have talked about it almost every week. He, he does not like kind of the tough scrutiny and, you know, where you get exposed in that often is, um, you know, is during these debates, you know, and you think, well, you know, Donald Trump always faced this, but Donald Trump is such a brash, you know, candidate and, and was such a, like, ready for prime time debater and, and, you know, person on stage that virtually everything bounced off him and he could just, you know, go after people. Yeah, McKee, you know, is not a one liner guy. He's not going to be you know slick and, and get through um but he he's he was very steady in that debate this week um so you know he, he's all of that for him suggests that he's good the thing that is i think incredibly alarming for him though is how are how is the incumbent governor only at 28 percent that's right you know with a month to go in this race Dan McGowan, let's talk about those endorsements though there's a price tag to that why are they endorsing him you know you go back to 2018 Certainly seemed to be a surprise with Gina Raimondo. She got the endorsement for the teachers' unions. Then we found out, well, the price tag attached to that was she would not oppose the Evergreen That's right. contract. So I have a question. All right. So all every union. And what's the IOU attached to that? Are they just saying, boy, he seems like a nice guy and we look at the field? I mean, you tell me there's, there's definitely quid pro quo with these endorsements. Yeah, and there's certainly an expectation that he'll be yeah. the governor that they, you know, that's going to do right by them. I think that's, that's you know, look, that's every endorsement. And so, 
in, in particularly when it comes to kind of public employee unions or laborers, right? Like they want something out of this. Oftentimes 100%. it's going to be contracts yeah. or, or, you know, favorable agreements, those kind of things. Now, the governor has followed through on a lot of those commitments, giving, you know, almost every state employee raises, things like that. Uh, you know, that that's something that has helped him. Um, and what you haven't seen yet is anybody go after him. And, right. you know, you and I have talked a bunch of different times. I always say, you know, I think I think it's really hard to go negative on Nelly Corbea, but Think about this, you know, for these guys that, that are that are the Democrats running against Dan McKee, you know, does Nelly Gorbea want to attack a Dan McKee over, you know, giving kind of favorable deals to unions? Right. That's going to hurt. That hurts right. her, too. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the opening is the outsider could be somebody like a Helena folks. But yes. that campaign has not been able to get its act together. Right. They no. just they do not have a message. Uh, and they've tried 10 of them. They do not have a message that, that resonates. Um, and, and what you're going to get at this point, it seems fairly clear, is you're going to get a governor, uh, at least a Democratic Democratic nominee, you know, forget 40% of the vote. You might not get 33% of the vote right. uh, in order wow. to win a, the Democratic primary here. I mean, the way it's looking, Matt Brown seems to have pretty, you know, sticky support among the progressives. People aren't fleeing from him. There's a real chance that the, the, the winner of the Democratic primary in Rhode Island is going to be 33, 34% of the vote. Folks, again, we're speaking with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe. And Dan McGowan, let's talk about that radio debate. Uh, Governor McKee, I think, and I did hear it, um, he benefits from having that Dr. Louis Monez. And I yep. know in Roadmap, you seem to have, I don't know, like a soft spot for him a little bit. But I, what do you make of Channel 12's decision not to include him? Mike? kind of criticism of that radio debate and i've done them is governor mckee basically would just stay with his talking points ignore direct criticism uh come up with, you know you know i'm not going to leave the people from Pawtucket behind but my they they allowed dr monas talked more than anyone that the part that i heard and that's the guy at one percent who's not even going to be included in the channel 12 debate yeah so i think governor mckee didn't mind that Dr. Mona is, I don't think he even realizes that he's helping the governor. And I, I don't think he should have been allowed to talk as much as he did. I tend to agree with you on this. So I do. I, I think that, uh, and, I, and I've written this a couple of times. I don't think that he belongs in this race. I think that he he's got 1%. Yeah. He's a yeah. thoughtful guy who, right. who, who is running a, the quality of the campaign that he's running is a city council level, yes. general assembly level race. Yeah. Now he would be a great addition to, you know, your average city council or, or right. maybe the house or the Senate in, you know, uh, uh, in the general assembly up at the state house, thoughtful guy, you know, in it for the right reasons, all that kind of stuff, maybe a little too far to the left for some of the people listening right now. But again, you could see where he's, he's a reasonable candidate in that way. I think you've hit it on the head. I mean, Look, Dan McKee, every every minute that that someone like Dr. Munoz is talking, you know, about kind of big picture, uh, uh, you know, healthcare conversation yeah. is, is another minute where Dan McKee is not, um, you know, is not forced to kind of defend himself against, you know, kind of harsh attacks. Uh, I think Channel 12, you know, I've told them this privately and I, I, I think I've written it publicly, too. I think Channel 12 is making the right decision by yes. not including him. Um, you know, I, there's a, there's a reasonable conversation to have whether or not Matt Brown deserves to be, uh, you know, on the stage there, I guess, you know, polling at 8% uh, in the channel 12 poll, hard to count him out or keep exactly. him out of it. Yeah. Um, but you're right. Yeah. The one, per, and, and, and I think that's exactly right. I mean, I think what, if we all come away, there's a whole bunch of folks, you know, and it's, it's different camps, right? So the progressives, have their Matt Brown. Some of them have a little bit of, they, they like Dr. Munoz. You know, there's a lot of the kind of elites, the former Gina Raimondo people who are with Helena folks. There's a good chance that all of these people who just did wanted anybody but Dan McKee to be governor are actually going to deliver Dan McKee, the governor's race because of, you know, this kind of fractured, uh, you know, this fractured primary where, if I'm Nelly Gorbea, I'd be making the case to a lot of people, look, you may not love me, but you, you're going to like me a lot more than you like Dan McKee. 
but she hasn't been able to do that yet. And Dan McKee is sitting kind of pretty. Um, Dan McGowan, talk about your column because I think it's right on the money. It is very telling. Early voting starts a week from today. Uh, the amount of people that are still undecided. I, I, I think part of that, though, is that the they're, they're giving Dan McKee a free pass. The fact that there's no one I mean, the guy is under an FBI probe for crying out loud. And it's like no one is talking about that. They're letting him get away with the $3,000 bonuses, the FBI probe. Uh, the stadium thing is the Channel 12 poll shows. The, the, those are Democrat voters that don't want it. Do you think is he I, – I, I'm torn between whether he's actually like running a winning campaign or just the other campaigns are running such poor campaigns. Well, it's a combination, and, and yeah. it leans towards the other way. It leans towards, I, I think you're right, that, that uh, the other campaigns have run just really poor campaigns. I mean, Lena Folks has spent a million dollars on television and is at wow. 14%, right? So Whew. there's a problem there. But we talked about uh, that, right? Yes. You and I talked about that. Who's really watching it? And That's right. And she got, the, she got that initial burst, you know, that yep. our poll showed when, when it was kind of uh, top of mind, you go from literally nobody knowing. You remember she was uh, narrowly, but she was behind Matt Brown in that first Channel Twelve poll. So she gets a little bit of a of a bump from the poll that we did. Uh, you know, a month later after spending kind of unanswered uh, uh, time on television, but she's clearly kind of stalled out in a lot of ways. Um, you know, I, I think that you, you, you raise a really important point. Twenty eight or now twenty seven days to go until the primary. Um, Dan McKee has not been punched in the face no. in any significant way in this race. Now, he showed his cards on how he's going to handle this on the debate stage, right? He kind of has a couple of good little one-liners up his sleeve when it comes to, you know, I'm not going to bail on Pawtucket. And uh, I think he, I actually thought he, I thought he was, he didn't deliver the joke very well, but he said, boy, you know, you guys are all complaining about this. I guess I'm the only one smart enough to, to you know, finish this project. Uh, you could see where if that was delivered in a better way, it would, might have been the line of the entire debate yes. uh, the other day. The, the thing is, is, you know, because so few, um, you know, you look at the favorability numbers for Gorbea and for, for Helena Folks, you know, when you see so many people, 40 percent, 50 percent of people who are unsure about them, the, the dangers of going negative becomes, you know, does it actually also hurt you before the voters make a decision on you? Uh, you're going to see a lot of money spent, I think, over the next month when it comes to uh, the independent expenditures. You're going to see, I think, uh, the the super PAC that's backing Helena Folks is going to really come in. I think that's where you'll see uh, kind of the attacks on uh, both Stan McKee and maybe to some degree Nellie Gorbea. Um, and but you you already see you know we've been reporting this week uh, there is hundreds of thousands of dollars being poured into these these super PAC type groups uh, from laborers who are supporting Dan McKee so he is going to have the resources that he needs or that you know separate you know, kind of supporters of his need to I think combat some of the criticism but I think you should I mean I would not be surprised if you saw another poll two or three weeks from now where the maybe the results are the same in, in the sense that Dan McKee is ahead, but I could see it being twenty four percent McKee, twenty one percent Gorbea, twenty percent or eighteen percent uh, folks. Like I, I could see people all kind of taking a little bit of a step back here in the final weeks as campaigns start to go negative. Folks, quick break. Much more ahead. Dan McGowan, Boston Globe, right here on the John DePietro Show. Propane Plus in Rhode Island for all your propane needs. Call them 401-885-4209. In Massachusetts, you can reach them at 508-252-3359. Propane, heating and cooling, it's Propane Plus. Their team's been there three generations. They're available 24-7 for service and delivery, and they plan on serving you for a long time to come. They offer online billing, ability to schedule a service delivery at the click of a button, and remember, all customers receive a free safety inspection on their equipment. It's Propane Plus, and remember with propane, it's affordable, sustainable, equitable, good for the environment, and now it's renewable. Call Propane Plus today at 401 401- 885-4209 in massachusetts call them at 508-252-3359 they're very easy to navigate website 
It's propaneplus.com. Propane Plus. Call them, 401-885-4209. We're speaking with columnist Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe. Dan, let's stay with the governor's race. If you're the McKee people, I, I have to admit, boy, I think you're exactly in the position you want to be. Maybe a little bit higher, but 28%, 20% undecided. Um, unless, and Gorbea doesn't seem like she can get over that 30%. Um, every, he stopped doing the press conferences. Now it's, he'll just talk to the press quickly after a ribbon cutting or announcement. It's one thing after another. It's one endorsement after another. Um, I, do you see anything to change the strategy other than, I think there was a poll that was kind of out the other night and people figured out that it was probably coming from his camp and they were testing some lines against Gorbea. Yeah. I mean, the thing about this for, for governor McKee is of course you'd rather be in first place than in third place. You know, that's just the, the kind of obviously, you know, you'd rather be, uh, you know, the top of the American League East than, you know, you know, screwing around with the kind of wild card uh, uh, teams there. But when you're when you're in this position of you know, their, their, their private polling isn't showing a significant difference, right? They're not mm. it's not like anyone is coming out to us and saying, boy, you know, uh, you know, Joe Fleming's poll might have us a little bit lower, but we're, we're actually pushing 35 or 40 percent. So I think Governor McKee wants to keep this same strategy, but it is kind of really, you know, it's all kind of stuck together by, you know, uh, tape here, right? It's not, this is not the, the, the most kind of firm campaign that they're running. They, they still, I think, like, like we talked about in the last segment, they're going to ha- have to deal with kind of negative, um, the negatives that come their way. There's clear opposition, I think, to that stadium in Pawtucket. So that's going to be a little bit of an attack. The, the one thing that, that he benefits from greatly is, you know, for all the people who would say, and this is true, that, you know, Dan McKee's kind of been an underwhelming governor, at least in the sense that, that clearly like a bunch of voters don't even haven't made up their minds about him yet. Nellie Gorbea and, and Helena Folks have had every opportunity to grab this race, uh, right. per, you know, particularly in some ways, uh, Nellie Gorbea, right? And she's had six to eight weeks of the perception being completely that Nellie Gorbea is in the lead here. Yep. And she has not advanced that. In fact, she has fallen back compared to the channel or the, the globe, the globe poll that we did. Um, and then again, the Helena folks campaign, you know, couldn't be more disappointing when you're, <clears throat> when you're out there, uh, you know, with, with all the, the resources, all the money that you had to spend. Um, and just, again, a message that has not worked. They've tried, you know, I won't run for reelection if I, uh, it, it, you know, if the schools aren't improved, that hasn't resonated. They've tried the, uh, you hear her talking a lot about trying to cut, you know, cigarettes and CVS. That clearly hasn't worked. I, I'll tell you the thing I was most surprised about. I thought the best ad, and again, this is for Democrats, the best ad of the um, election season, maybe prior to the, the governor's, you know, mother poll uh, um, ad, I thought was the Helena folks right after the Supreme Court, you know, overturns Roe. Um, she was on air almost immediately with a really well done ad, you know, pitching this kind of uh, regional consortium to kind of protect a women's right to choose that kind of thing. It was just it was well produced. It was done by Tad Devine. Didn't get anywhere. I mean, this is the first poll since since Roe was overturned. And they're literally, you know, she got worse compared to the Globe poll. So uh, nothing has really stuck for, for the Helena Folks campaign. And that's why McKee feels pretty good because he, he can at least argue, hey, I'm on TV almost every single day with an announcement, an endorsement, something, um, and everybody else is struggling to get attention and then their, their own kind of paid advertising isn't working. Dean McGowan, what is the mood like in your mind in the Gorbea campaign? She, she's, she does okay in the debate that I heard, I think she'll do okay, but there's definitely something lacking that she cannot advance this or, you know, blow it out to where she's at like 40%. Yeah. I mean, I think that uh, up until yesterday when this poll comes out, you know, you could certainly argue they've run one of the most steady campaigns that you, we've seen in a long time. Just, you know, steady everybody, and stealth. 
Yeah, everybody, everybody kind of you know counted her out. Isn't going to be you know isn't going to be able to compete with the money people like Seth Magaziner, you know for for a long time. Certainly when Helena folks got in the race, it didn't look great for for her. Uh, you know up until yesterday, the narrative was she was in the lead, kind of this just very very steady. You said stealth kind of race. Uh, now though, I think she's got to look in the mirror and recognize that. 25, 26%, 28% doesn't get you there. So well, what gets you, what gets you to 31, 32, 33? Um, and, you know, I don't know what she's got up her sleeve. That's the thing is, yeah. it, you know, she, she's not, uh, she's not going to come out with the, mo- you know, she doesn't have the money to, to have some blowout ad that's going to knock her over the top. Um, what she needs is she needs to benefit from she needs to go to the Matt Brown supporters and make that case that look, I'm the most progressive person who can win. She needs to go to the the female voters who she's doing very well among and say, Hey, if you're with Helena folks, I get it. You know, maybe you were Gina Raimondo supporter, they're sort of aligned in many ways, but she's not gonna win. And if you vote for her, you are voting for Dan McKee. I mean, that's she's going to have to persuade a lot of voters. That big number, right? For I think in the Channel Twelve poll, forty-two percent of people un, uh, are willing to change their mind. I think if anyone's going to get a lot of people to, ch- if anyone needs people to change their mind, it's going to be Nellie Gobea. Dan McGowan, what is the folks' campaign? What is their mindset right now? They have to be disappointed, and frustrated that they have not climb closer to 20 percent you know the, i think their problem is is that they have to let their own egos get out of the way yeah. before they're frustrated right because uh, you know there's a lot of people involved in that campaign that have had a lot of success largely because you know they would take a lot of credit for gina Raimondo. right again you and i have talked about this no matter what you think of gina Raimondo's policy great candidate Yes. Yeah, you, you had an Fantastic. all-time ca- talented candidate, and and I think they thought they picked another. I think they thought Helena Folks, um, you know, was the same kind of cut from the same cloth. In fact, better business record than Gina yeah. Raimondo had. But they they've missed all the little things, right? I've said this for weeks. She doesn't have black and Latino support. Gina right. Raimondo had plenty. Yeah, uh, you know, Gina had laborers. Helena's gotten, you know, no union support. That's right. Uh, one other big, you know, a, a really kind of high up union person said to me, another thing that's really important, people forget, back in 2014, even though all those public employee unions were against Gina Raimondo, there were a lot of progressives who thought, this is our chance to have our first female governor. Yes. We love that idea. Yep. And they were willing, they were willing to kind of suck it up and say, you know what, she's not. It's not like she's the most liberal person in the in the history of the world, but we want her to be the governor. That conversation is dead now, right? They, there is no momentum for another female governor. It doesn't mean that they can't win. It's just that that's not the conversation of you know excitement around it the way it was for Gina Raimondo. That's I think that's where they fall right now, and their uh, I think their heads are spinning because they they just can't find the message that works for them. Folks, another quick break. Much more ahead. Dan McGowan, columnist of the Boston Globe, right here on the John DePietro Show. J. Perry Paving. Folks, you can depend on J. Perry Paving. They provide high-quality, fair pricing, exceptional service, over 20 years' experience, specializing in commercial paving, residential paving, seal-coating patios, and much more. Call them today for a free quote, 401-732-1730. J. Perry Paving. They are tremendous. They also, how about this, once a month, they provide a free paved driveway to a veteran. And remember, whether it's a brand new paving project or just a cracked driveway that needs to be refreshed, call J. Perry Paving for a free quote. It makes a huge difference in your property, in your home, in your driveway or patio. 401-732-1730. J. Perry Paving. 401-732-1730. You can also find them on Facebook. They're terrific. Hey, get that driveway paved. Call and book an appointment now, 401-732-1730 for J. Perry Paving. Home Again Consignment, located Governor Francis Shopping Center, fine furniture, art, antiques, glassware, jewelry, buy, sell, or sell in consignment, and estate sales are provided. It's Home Again Consignment. Call John, 401-463-3310. Again, located 
right in Warwick in the Governor Francis Shopping Center, Home Again Consignment. We're speaking with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe. Dan, uh, again, folks, early voting starts a week from today. I, I think it's too early. I, I don't like this business. How I think it's also tough for the campaigns. A lot can happen between now and primary day. I, I don't I'm very uncomfortable with this whole thing. You want to do a little bit a couple days. That's one thing. But um, the fact that people next Wednesday, Thursday already start dropping off their ballots in the drop boxes, I, I think it and it's really hard on the campaigns of like how many people are then really going to be left yeah. that haven't voted. But talking about the Providence mayoral, that's another one. Is Smiley pulling ahead? I mean, I've already come out with my predictions that I think Gonzalo was going to take that. But um, wh- what do you make of the, the same basically to me could be said of for lack of excitement. If you go outside of Providence, I don't think a lot of people know who's running. I'm not sure people inside of Providence know who's <laughs> running, John. I live here, and, and yeah. you know, I, I look out. I, I Whenever I talk to you, I just talk to you from my house or outside my house, and you look around, and I see, you know, I see some of the big local races here. My neighborhood's Mount Pleasant, so Salvatore, Sam Bell, lots of signs, lots yep. of energy. Both campaigns working really hard. Um, you know, you're starting to see a little bit of the second congressional district. Uh, you're even seeing a little bit of Stephen Pryor, you know, Diosa mixing it up. The energy, the lack of energy around, you know, an open Providence mayor's seat, um, I think is stunning. Uh, all of it to me points to a Brett Smiley kind of advantage. I think when you have the most money, the best organization, um, which are, I think are both true for him. Certainly the money's true, but I think he's, he's also the most organized. You know, he has tons of advantages here. But the, the thing is, we're flying pretty blind. We're relying on, you know, uh, the, the mayor's kind of pr- uh, private poll that he did uh, that showed Brett Smiley out a little bit in front. You're not going to see. People, people forget, you know, the only reason when I worked at Channel 12 that we did a, a, a Providence mayoral poll was because Buddy Sancy was in the race, right? Sure. You're see public polling on the Providence mayor's race heading into election day. So everybody's flying a little blind. Um, you know, to me, it seems like Gonzalo Cuervo uh, is the kind of clear second, uh, second place candidate in this race. The thing about this is just like that governor's race, what we haven't seen yet, and with a week to go before early voting, is you haven't seen the, the attack that's going to, you know, knock Brett Smiley kind of off his pedestal, Right. But privately, you get people that say, well, he's unethical. You know, he raised all that money while he was still working for the state. Guess what? I mean, if, if, if most of the city or if a big chunk of the city doesn't even know there's an election happening, yeah. then how many people care about, you know, kind of an obscure donation right. issue for Brett Smiley? If that's the thing you got on Brett Smiley, uh, you know, Brett, I think, is probably pretty thrilled. And you saw it with his, you know, he's out with a new television commercial um, you know, I think it's it's somewhat mediocre in the sense that it's it's just very vanilla. But think but think about what's smart here. If you're a Providence voter, a little bit older, you know, you're you're the kind of person who's watching daytime television or local news or you know the local news. The Brett Smiley message is: I'm going to keep the the seat the you know your neighborhood safe. I'm going to you know plow the roads. I'm going to pick up the trash. You like that message? That's the kind of thing you're saying. Wait, we don't get that here in Providence. I kind of like this guy, so I actually think it's a pretty savvy ad, uh, given the kind of target audience. It's not meant for me, you know, who's kind of a guy who likes big ideas. It's meant for the person who's sitting at home who hasn't, you know, doesn't know anything about these candidates, and prop maybe their only contact with a candidate will be this ad that Brett Smiley's got on television. Dan McGowan, in 2020, 65% of the votes that were cast were cast before Election Day. Now they've extended it. Now it's a primary. Any thought on how, what you think? It was, so it was 65-35 at 2020. Um, I don't expect you to do a roadmap on people with their predictions and so forth. You can <laughs> offer a tote bag. But what, what do you think this, this time around, September 13th, what do you think the percentage will be? Of early voting or mail ballot voting, I, I think what, what I was going to say was I think twenty percent probably will vote early. I, I think there will be. I think there's more momentum around kind of going back to the polls just because. Day of. Yeah, okay. uh, huh. but I mean, John, think about that. 
I mean, you're still talking, like, we, we, the number was so big in 2020 because we were living in a pandemic, right? There were people actually in, you know, in trouble. I think it'll be, yeah, you know, one in five, maybe even more than that. To me, you know, you sound like you don't think that's a lot. I think that's a ton. I don't. What, when I think you, it's going to be much. I'm gonna, we'll, we'll see. Maybe we'll yeah. have a friendly bet. I think it's going to be the reverse. I think it's going to be much, much higher than that. I think well, with all the early voting that people can do in the, the drop boxes. Well, think about this. Either way, right? Let's say it's my I'm on the lower end, you're on the higher end. Either way, when you can vote beginning next Wednesday or next yes. Thursday without, you know, anything that we know. About, I mean, they'll be before you see you're not going to see, you know, a televised governor's debate, I think, until you know, two or three weeks down the line. Right. People are going to be voting. Uh, with without knowing really anything about these candidates. And I think yep. that's the real, you know, the, the real struggle, because it does then just come down to, you know, who's best at kind of ballot harvesting. Yes, which I think that's why. I mean, I've seen people put comments. Boy, it's refreshing that none of the candidates are attacking each other. To me, Dan McGowan, we'll see. It was 65, 35 in 2020. I think it's going to be higher. I'm going to go with 75 percent of the people going to vote wow. before the polls. Are, but we'll see. But I think the campaigns, that's why it's all about collecting ballots now. And, and if you're worried about collecting ballots, then you're, you're not attacking your opponent. You're not bringing out that there was an ethics violation. You're not. Mm-hmm. I think that's why we're seeing it, it settle well, this way. I'll give, you, I'll give you anecdotal evidence that, and again, you know, I think it's going to be a little bit lower just because I think we've, we've you know, started to kind of in some ways normalize. Although, again, I would still say that's a lot of people. And, but to, to – anecdotally back up your point um what was it yesterday in the mail i got three letters from candidates two people running in the general assembly and then a mayoral candidate three separate letters with my ma- my mail ballot application, application reminding me to, to fill it out so you know that that is very clearly the strategy you know of these campaigns to say hey like we're gonna get you know, right to you. Again, for me, it doesn't really matter. I'm going to vote on election day. But, you know, if you're if, if you have a good organization, especially in these kind of high rises, places like that, you're going to be making sure everyone's got their application and then everyone's giving it to you. And then you're going to know when the, you know, the actual ballot goes out uh, and you're going to be right there to try to pick them up. And what do you think of that, Dave McGowan? Because that's new with the campaigns are sending the mail ballot applications yeah i don't recall this to i, I mean never it may, happened before yeah i i don't know if this maybe happened in 20 but it definitely has no. never happened before that uh i think it's strange look i've always been very uncomfortable I, i'm actually fine with with early voting in the sense that i think more participation is good i hate the idea that campaigns can kind of get their fingers all over this stuff and, yeah you know i recognize that there's no way to like you know, completely cut candidates out of this kind of stuff. But the idea that a candidate's going to send me the mail ballot application, the idea that some guy might knock on my door and say, you know, remind me to do it, um, who might say, hey, you know, if you want me to turn it in, I can do that for you. Um, I, I think it's I think it's gross. And I think it's why we've seen over the years, you know, some level of whether you call it fraud or just malfeasance. Um, you know, it, it's not uncommon. This is the thing that that you know, where Democrats, this is going on a little bit of a tangent, John, but the where Democrats make a big mistake is, you know, for all the talk, you want to combat kind of Donald Trump and, and the talk of, you know, the election, you know, uh, the 2020 election, the idea that there's no such thing as mail, mail ballot fraud or, uh, you know, is false. They're, they're absolutely, high. we've had people charged in Rhode Island for, for these crimes. So these things do happen. Um, they tend to happen on a smaller scale that affect local elections, but they absolutely happen. And part of it is because, uh, you know, you, you allow the candidates to have just too close of a connection to these ballots. Yeah. One of the laborers told me they, they all have to vote that way and they have to hand in the ballot. So and it was described like a cash in advance. Like, why take if you're the candidate, Dan McGowan, why why take the chance that maybe the person has COVID on Election Day or it's That's raining right. Or they just, something happens when instead, no, you're going to fill that out. We're going to collect it from you to make sure you voted for who we told you to vote for. And we're going to put it in the drop box ahead of time. We'll, we'll see on that. Let's get to CD2. Um, again, I, I, I'm going to stay also with Sarah Morgenthau. I just don't think she, 
sometimes these newer people they they've never run before but that race to me began begins and ends with the fact that she has been unsuccessful in getting joy fox out of the race or i did see a joy fox ad on on youtube but i with i know morgenthau is trying and people are asking me but i i don't see any evidence that it's not going to be Seth Magazine. Yeah, you're down 30 points, you know, we're with or almost 30 points with a couple of weeks to go. I mean, this would be, you'd have to really screw up if you're Seth Magaziner and you'd have to just amazingly catch fire if you were someone like a Sarah Morgenthau or a, uh, you know, a David Siegel. Those two are kind of polling neck and neck in second place. Um, you know, I think for Morgenthau, this has been a, a very difficult uh, kind of campaign to run. Yeah. You know? I think she thought that she could come here and maybe people would remember her mother and they might like the idea of a woman, you know, running for Congress. But, you know, she has been treated almost the way like Clay Pell got treated back in, you know, back a couple of years ago. People just don't quite trust what she has to say. And by the way, it's because she hasn't had great answers. You know, Rhode Island's been home my entire life. We've paid taxes here on our summer home. That's not home. No. Uh, and, and I think she's really, you know, kind of struggled with that. And I think, again, Seth Magaziner has run uh, as good of a campaign as he could run in this race. He's, he's been able to avoid any sort of, you know, even acknowledging the other candidates in this race, which I know makes them mad. But what he, you know, if we, if you and I are talking in November about, you know, Seth Magaziner kind of narrowly defeating Alan Fung, which is entirely possible. All of that is going to be because in the months leading up to the Democratic primary, he got to focus on Alan Fung, whereas, and didn't have any real opposition in in the primary. Um, You know, they haven't gone negative. They haven't been able to, uh, you know, attack, none of the candidates have attacked Seth Magaziner in any way. Uh, You know, and he's stockpiling money. You know, he's, they've got kind of the super PACs in place. So they have the campaign that they need to run against a very popular Republican. I still think it might be not enough. I think, I think Alan Fung is a clear favorite there. But, um, you know, if Magaziner wins, it's going to be because he really didn't face opposition in the, in the Democratic primary. Dan McGowan, the Boston Globes had great coverage. The raid, the aftermath of the raid. I was going to just finally ask you, what, what effect do you think that that might have on on the race for anyone i i think it is going to impact the race because instead of this being a referendum on president biden and the democrat policy suddenly front and center the leading element of the press is is all about president trump and and whether or not we'll see how candidate fung can kind of thread the needle on that if if he's going to handle it the way he handled the kevin mccarthy visit he's got some problems but how much effect do you think that has on that maybe that CD2 race? I think it has some degree of it. And yeah. I think what, what really where that becomes a problem isn't so much the raid itself. It's Donald Trump knows no other way than yep. to, you know, fight, fight, fight. And so, you know, right now you say it's August. I mean, I, I don't think there's anyone in America who doesn't know there was a raid on Mar-a-Lago. But you say, well, people forget about it. You know, everyone's got their own thing going on. The problem is if you're a Republican, you know, and if you're trying to dance that line of, you know, I'm not really with Trump or whatever, if you're like Alan Fung, you're trying to be a moderate Republican, um, you know, Donald Trump is going to spend the next couple of months just, you know, rubbing it in everybody's face and, and fighting. And so now if you're Alan Fung, all right, you're going to get asked about guns a lot in the campaign trail. You were going to get asked about uh, abortion a lot. Now you got to be asked about, you know, do you trust the FBI? Um, and that becomes a little bit of a problem. Remember, he's a former prosecutor, right? He worked, you know, in the in the AG's office. So he's a guy who is going to have to answer questions about, you know, his faith in law enforcement. All of these things are, you know, issues that can kind of chip away at moderate support. And that race to me, John, I don't know if you agree with this, but it, it, it comes down to Warwick. I mean, yeah. it, Warwick is the kind of going to be yeah. the epicenter of, of everything in that race. And that's right. If Seth Magaziner can't do well there, um, you know, then Alan Fung is going to have, a, I think should, should still have a pretty, not an easy time, but should, should win if he can do well in Warwick. 
Yeah, he. I believe he won it in 2014 against Gina, but Trillo did well in Warwick in 2019 right. and actually hurt Funk. So, folks, um, again, you hear me reference it. Uh, he, he's very modest, but he constantly break news, breaks news in, in Roadmap, which arrives each day. The Globe coverage on the Patriots has been fantastic. This Friday, by the way, also, uh, your colleague Amanda Milkovitz is unbelievable coverage on the Naked Fat Test coach, and he goes to court. This Friday, first appearance, we get to see him. Dan McGowan, if you'd be so kind to extend to people how they can start getting Roadmap and Mirror Inbox. And, folks, it's free. It's links to all the top stories. And every time I read it, it tells me something I don't know. John, you're the greatest hype man in the history of... Uh, <laughs> I'm telling you, you know, I'm all about information. And I, <laughs> I only gravitate towards sources that tell me things I don't know. And I always learn something well, I really appreciate that. And for listeners out there, like John said, the most important thing, it's completely free, completely free, and it's easy to get in your uh, – it's easy to get every day. All you have to do, send me a blank email. I'll know what it is to rinews at globe.com, rinews at globe.com, and you'll start getting it first thing tomorrow morning. Illusion? No, I got right oh. here. Go right ahead, Dan. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like I said, rinews at globe.com. Uh, and, and I'll know what it is. I'll sign you right up and you'll start getting it first thing tomorrow morning. Folks, he's Dan McGowan. Dan, great job as always. Week from uh, today, early voting starts and we'll talk to you again. Can I tell you, stay out of trouble, John? <laughs> hey, listen, <laughs> when I'm going after a story, when I'm doing Facebook Live, all bets are off. We continue the search for Charlotte Lester. If I got to take one for the team, I got to take one for the team. So uh, it was on channel 10, 12, and 6. It's a win in the book. We'll take it right there. Keep up the good work, John. All right. Thank you, Dan. The Coesed Inn, 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick, Rhode Island tradition since 1977. Delicious food, great atmosphere, whether it's lunch or dinner or drinks in the lounge. They can also accommodate large groups. A great meal, a feast, is waiting for you at the Coesed Inn. Stop it and see them all year round. 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick. They're waiting for you at the Coesed Inn. ...to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Remember, you can always listen online at our website, dipietro.com. Folks, visit the website. On the website, you'll see all our links to social media, whether it's Facebook or YouTube, Instagram, even TikTok. Plus, you if you want to reach me, that's the best way to do it. We have unique, original stories, videos, content. Log on right at the website, dipetro.com. The Senadale Revival. Stop it and see them. Comfort food and cocktails. You're going to love the Centerdale Revival, located 2025 Smith Street, North Providence, right in Centerdale, right across from North Providence Town Hall. Delicious food, delicious drinks, live entertainment on the weekends. Shane and his crew, they're waiting for you. A great time is going to be had by all at the Centerdale Revival, 2025 Smith Street in North Providence.